Monday. Linda, my dear. How are you? Oh, good. I just, mm. you know, I hate to complain about technology, Linda, but I'm really struggling to diagnose the recording issues I've been having with my computer. And uh, it's very, very frustrating to me. (laughs) What are you dealing with? Well, I, you, I'm not sure if you realize this because you don't always listen to the show when we post it, but uh, right. I have the issue like, I don't know, maybe a dozen episodes back or so with this like crunchily crumbly audio that I couldn't figure out. Uh, and then the same thing happened with the most recent episode we released, which sucks. No! I hate sorry, it. Sorry, listeners. Very sorry to all the listeners. Uh, and so I figured like there's a long chain of hardware and software that result in me recording this show, right? I've got this right. microphone all set up. I have this uh, piece of software called Loopback, which I use to reroute audio from outside of programs into other programs through different channels, so I can record your and my audio separately. I have the actual GarageBand application recording the audio, and I figured that somewhere along that line, something was getting messed up. Maybe my microphone was you know, failing finally after seven years of diligent service, or perhaps there was some issue with one of the pieces of software. But then I had to help a friend uh, edit some audio for something completely unrelated that wasn't recorded on my machine, and that audio had the same crumbly bumbly artifacts. Uh, so I think it's like something deep down in the in the inside of my computer, like with uh, with the actual sound card or something. But I have no oh, idea how to diagnose no. that. It only happens sometimes. Right now, you know, knock on wood, the uh, the audio weather seems to be pretty good. You sound good. I think this one will export well. But okay. I don't have a way to fix it when it happens. And so uh, just before we started recording, I sat down like an hour ago at my computer, and I was like, I'll install a backup recording program. It's not GarageBand. Mm. Maybe GarageBand is the problem. This is how you troubleshoot things. You just try something new. So I tried installing this other audio program, uh, and this audio program I could not get working, despite my uh, moderate to vast experience recording audio on Macs. Uh, And then it also seemed to like totally fuck up the sound for the rest of my computer, and GarageBand stopped working for a long time, and I only just got it working again in time to call you. So that's where I'm at, Linda. I just, uh, technology. Technology. It feels like a blessing and a curse. But uh, this is so completely uninteresting, and I don't want to talk about it. But you did ask how I was, and that's how I'm currently feeling. (laughs) Linda, how are you? Hi. Good. I'm going to be coughing a lot. Oh, do you hear this music? Are you are you ill? Wait, do you hear that? Oh, I yeah. can, in fact, hear it. Yes. Yes, I'm just going to stand here next to the speaker for a minute because I wanted to set the tone. You got that vibrant city life you're living. <laughs> I just wanted that to, to set us off on the right foot after the audio problem talk. Yeah, that's good. We're going to need that. <laughs> um, I had a cough earlier this week, and now I don't have a cough. And I'm happy about it, but I'm still, there's a residual. <laughs> so if I do a little, <laughs> then I apologize. You know what? You don't have to apologize, Linda. Because uh, the, the show is, the, what's in the show is in the show. Yeah. Andy, yeah. go to twitter.com slash little no no. Go to twitter.com. I don't even have my web browser open. I'll go to my phone. Give me a well, second. I closed uh, my, I restarted I, my whole computer to get all this stuff working. So I, right, I don't want to open Chrome. We weren't going to talk about it anymore. Nope, um, we're going to do it. Let's see, little on my on my other secret Twitter account. It's okay. I won't interact with you. I'll just go look at your feed. Yeah. So I before the show, I asked Twitter if anybody had any questions, and I said no trolls. And uh, I think that we actually got maybe one or two genuine questions. Oh, this so, first question here. Yeah. Do you want to just go down these? This first question here, I have a very important answer to. 
which is uh, Laura Helen Wynn, uh, at Laura Helen Wynn, asks, what vegetables can be pickled that we haven't tried yet? What vegetables have been pickled that are just out of bounds? Carrots, onions, I don't know. Pickled onions are probably my favorite uh, thing to put on top of stuff. My favorite condiment. Annie, I just pickled onions last night. It's the greatest. I pri- I pickle like uh, like a, a two whole onions every like couple weeks, and then have them in the fridge for a couple weeks, and put them on basically everything. Uh, yep. It is the greatest thing. Um, do you want to give you do you have a, you have a pickling technique you want to provide? Because it's so easy. I can give mine if you don't have a, a trusted technique you love. Well, last night I tried apple cider vinegar with just hot water and salt and sugar. That's it. You threw some water in there too. Just a little hot water. Spicy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just use regular distilled vinegar for a long... I, the original recipe I found years ago for pickling onions called for red wine vinegar. So I used that for like years. Uh, Don't but need it's that. so much more expensive than just regular old distilled white vinegar. And truly, it tastes yeah. no different because the onions are yeah. way more strongly flavored than the actual cider. So uh, my recommendation is just uh, distilled white vinegar, put it in a saucepan. You, you need just enough to cover however many onions are going to do. Uh, so, you know, use your judgment. And then... Yeah. I will dissolve some sugar into it, usually like a you know, quarter cup, a couple tablespoons of sugar, depending on how many I'm doing. I'll throw some peppercorns in there and a pinch of salt. Uh, bring that to a boiling, maybe let it boil a little bit, and then uh, pour it over cut onions. And I slice the onions. got to slice them long ways uh, so that you're uh, cutting into slices with the direction, parallel to the direction of the, the veins in the onion. Wait, parallel to the direction of the veins. So do you have, like, rings? Can you cut a full ring, or do you... No, so that'd be perpendicular. I mean, you end up with, like, the half-moon-shaped onion slices uh, that you would if you were making some chopped onions. Now, if I'm doing last-minute pickled onions to trying, you know, for a dish that's going to be ready in, like, an hour or something, I will sometimes cut against the grain of the onion because it helps it absorb the vinegar faster. But over a long period of time, you lose a lot of the crunch in the onion if you cut that way because it gets kind of... I don't know, a little mushy after after a little bit of time. Yeah, I cut along the equator. Cut along the equator. I cut the other direction if you're, if you're going to have them in the fridge for a little while is, is my number one tip. Um, okay. Yeah, Can I tell onions. you about a thing, a thing my grandma pickles? Absolutely. Um, so uh, first off, doesn't sound crazy. It's just regular old cucumbers, right? Right. But what did, she, what did she put in there with the cucumbers? Red hot candies. Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> This is some Minnesota shit right here. And she yeah, sells that's, them. Uh, that's, some, that's some Midwest stuff there. Yeah, and she sells them at the farmer's market, and they taste like fucking candy. I mean, the cucumbers basically just become red hot, but they lose some of the spiciness, so they just taste like yummy cinnamon vegetables. It's <laughs> so weird. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I, I think a little bit of sugar in pickling is good, and so you're probably getting a little bit of sugar from those red hots, and then yeah. whatever the hot is in the red hot, I have no idea how these <laughs> are made. Is it is it like Same. capsaicin, like regular hot, or is it some other chemical? I don't know. Some other compound? Who knows? But what's like a vegetable you shouldn't pickle? What shouldn't you pickle? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's like I, you can pickle anything. I love things that are pickled. I mean, some people don't like when you pickle a, a more mushy vegetable, but like pickled okra is pretty fucking good. I, I personally yeah. think so. I love pickles so damn much. I love pickles because they're so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it got sexy at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the first question. Uh, thank you, Laura Helen Wynn. 
Um, okay, here's a real question. Uh, this is from Valgear Valdemarsen. Um, I'm sure I'm pronouncing Valgeer. that correctly. Sorry, Valgear. Yeah, his name is Valgear. He was the writer at Well, there you go. Uh, my real question, what is the right ratio between serious and frivolous in life? Linda, Ooh. what's the right ratio? Will you define frivolous for me? Will I define it for you? Yeah. Oh, what a challenge. Um, I would say that frivolous would be defined as something inessential, something, uh, you know, that just is excessive and fun and not part of normal life. So I, I read this question as, like, what's the balance between, like, you know, doing adult stuff, being responsible, you know, working your job and tending to your, like, domestic needs versus yeah. just uh, playing video games or going roller skating. Yeah, this is one of those words that you often only hear with the word spending after it, like frivolous spending. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how do I, how do I define this word in context to like seriousness in life? But that makes sense. Um, yeah, I I love that Valgier asked this question because Valgier is like one of the funniest writers that I've ever worked with in my entire life. He uh -huh. has a gift for just writing the weirdest stuff that makes you like really chuckle until you get a little teardrop. Um, so I really like that this is coming. Uh, yeah, I think that, like, this has kind of been the theme of this podcast a little bit, right? Lately, it's like, uh, we've been talking a lot about nihilism and how, like, the world is going to end and how uh, the world is falling into the ocean and how that means that everything is terrible and bad uh -huh, but uh -huh, yeah. yeah like so so it's like equal parts might as well have fun and also better hurry up and do something about it yeah everybody definitely you know take the climate crisis seriously and uh you know let's uh, elect politicians that are going to radically overthrow the capitalist control of our entire economy and operating practices in this country but also just talk about butts sometimes you know right that's like this podcast in a nutshell. Let's talk about butt stuff. I, but what's the right ratio, though? Like, um, like how much frivolous yeah. stuff are you... At, at, how much frivolous stuff until you're being, like, irresponsible? And right. how much serious stuff until you're just not... You're not fun and you're not living life uh, properly? This is so hard. I feel like in my career, I've always wanted it to be, like, 80-20, like, frivolous to serious. In your career, but, of all places. Yeah, because well, when I started out, I like had my internship at Adult Swim. I like really wanted to make nonsense and stuff that really like didn't matter, but it helped people get through the shit that was serious and hard. So yeah. to me, it was like I want to create the what's the word? How do you turn frivolous into uh, frivolity? Friv frivolousness. Yes. Yeah. Frivolity <laughs> is the noun form of frivolous. There you go. Uh, so how do I create the frivolity for other people to indulge in on a regular basis? But now, like today, this is really going to take it down. Uh, I was listening to The Daily, which was talking about child sex abuse and about how technology is not saving children and is actually kind of like turning a cheek to some horrible shit that's going on. And I was like, how do I dedicate my life to fixing this problem? So that's kind of like a hard U-turn in the other direction. 
class and the way I used to feel. I think as I've grown up, I've like wanted to get a little more serious. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Maybe I feel like normal. most people. What about would, you? I feel like most people would say that the serious part of their life is probably their career because that's how you make money to continue to be an adult and operate within society. Uh, I think you're very lucky if you get to have a big chunk of frivolity in your in your career. That's a great privilege if you get to do that. Um, what's yeah. the right balance for me? Uh, gosh, I mean, as much frivolity as you can afford is <laughs> really like, <laughs> like I I don't uh, I don't really. I feel like my life is so full of seriousness that I don't value the frivolity. I don't. I don't value the seriousness. I don't seek it out. It's just it's like a is a requirement of life. I, I've I've lately been feeling. I um, you know, I get up very early and, and go to yoga every every weekday morning, or I try to. Uh, and so under normal normal circumstances, if there's nothing disrupting my schedule, I like leave the house at like five thirty, five forty five in the morning go to yoga and I do that for like an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes. And I shower after that. Then I go to the office and I kind of like puts around until like work actually begins. And then I'm at work until like I get home at like five 30 or five 45. And then I go to bed at like nine o'clock. So like between five 45 and 9 PM on a weekday is the only time I have for any fucking frivolity for any, for any podcast about butts of my friend, Linda, for any of my like, you know, side projects and friendships and, you know, cooking dinner and like all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like there's such a small portion of my day to day that I get to actually like have a life in, uh, because I go to work and work so I can, you know, again, be a functioning member of society and, you know, be an adult. And I go to yoga every morning so I don't get sick and die young and I'm taking care of my body, but I don't enjoy it. It's not fun for me. It's not frivolous. It's not, you know, a, a pleasure. It's just a, it's like, it's like necessary maintenance in my stupid meat prison. So I don't know. I wish I had a lot more time for frivolity, but I feel like my anxiety pushes me to just be serious all the time. It sucks. Huh. That makes sense. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Val Gear. That was great. Yeah. Um, you just a couple How more questions, but let's do other people let's, first because I don't yeah, want to give well, all the time to Val Well, let's talk about our weeks and then let's come back to a question. I want to hear about you. How's life? Oh, life is good. I mean, we're kind of busy at work. And like I said, I've just been feeling lately like, uh, you know, if everything goes according to plan and I get to live my uh, my days, my weekdays as scheduled, I just have no, no time. No time to live a life, Linda. And it's yeah. very... I don't know. It feels very rat racy to me right now. Yeah. And Sorry like, that you're living and like it's a huge privilege to get to go to yoga for two hours every morning. Like a lot of people can't even afford to do that. And so I'm mostly Wait, you go like for two hours. Like I said, like I, I, in order for like the time for when I leave my house with the intention of going oh, to yoga to when I like finally get to my office after like showering and stuff, it's like two hours, two hours, 15 minutes probably. So it's like a yeah. big chunk of my day dedicated to this thing. And, you know, uh, it's a privilege to get to do that. There's lots of people that would really love to do that in the morning. And so, like, I have the double-edged sword of, like, doing this thing I don't really want to be doing because I feel like I need to to stay healthy. And then I'm, like, beating myself up about it for not enjoying it because I'm supposed to enjoy it because it's, like, actually a privilege to get to do this thing. It's not a, you know, stupid chore. Uh, right. And I feel bad for not enjoying it more. And it's just this vicious cycle. And I feel like it's bedtime as soon as I get home. <laughs> And the weekends come around, and I'm supposed to do, like, you know, the household budget, and I'm supposed to, like, take care of, you know, chores and clean and do all this stuff, and I just feel like I have no, like, I feel like I have no time. I hear you, man. Last week, I was walking down the street at, like, 8 or 9 p.m., 
and there was this guy leaving his workplace and I heard someone out, like yell out the door like you going home and he was like yeah man see you back here 8 a.m or not 8 a.m he said like 5 a.m or 6 a.m it's one of those two very early times that doesn't even register for me <laughs> and I was just like oh this poor dude and also I kind of remember those times when I had like three jobs and school and just like every minute of your day is dedicated to just like paying your bills. Survival. Sucks. Yeah, so we're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah, I know. That's why I feel yoga. bad because my life is not that. I have a very nice job. And I have <laughs> to be there for eight hours, you know, barely. Uh, yesterday I went home early because I didn't feel well and I, I took a nap in the tub for an hour. So I'm like the most privileged kind of person <laughs> imaginable. Uh, yeah. So I, I can't complain. And yet I still feel like, and honestly, like, part of my like weird frustration is like an empathetic frustration because again, I have it like about as good as anybody can reasonably expect to have it. I still feel like I don't have a life and like, so everyone else out there yeah. that's actually like, truly, you know, trying to survive and like get by, like I can only imagine how they feel. It just feels like, it feels like this whole way we have society set up. is just not, it's not right. It's not sustainable. It ain't right. Did you watch the debates last night? You don't watch the debates. I don't watch the debates generally. Uh, not not in for it. But if you watched it, I'm glad to hear. I want to hear what you, what you think about it. Well, you just reminded me of something uh, that Bernie was talking about. You know, he's always talking about distributing wealth. Oh, is that one and, of his big things? Uh, yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I don't really pay that much attention to politics. <laughs> it doesn't like, stress me out constantly or anything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we don't have to talk about it. I did. No, uh, I love talking about politics. I'm curious to hear what you think about what's, uh, about the current the current state of things. Well, I was half paying attention, and I was mostly very excited every time Elizabeth spoke up last night, because she was fucking throwing shade left and right to every single candidate on the page. It was pretty amazing. And, yeah, and fucking Bloomberg, oh my god, that was just like a wreck. It was kind of painful to watch. Um, but, He's yeah, horrible. He didn't... <laughs> yeah. He's truly, truly horrible. Yeah, you're just like, okay, here's like the slightly democratic version of Trump, I guess. I mean, like, honestly, not even. Like, I, I, I'm actually pretty convinced that Bloomberg would be a significantly worse president for the lives of everyday people in America than Trump is. At least he would do stuff to save the climate. Uh, maybe, I don't know. There's at least that. But, yeah, he's, he's like Mr. Burns. He, he's like if Trump was not lazy and not stupid. Like he's, he's like a <laughs> fucking fascist authoritarian that's just gonna you know in, insert like secret police to like run around and lock people up. Like I don't, I think he'd be horrible. <laughs> I can't. I I, yeah. I I I truly like the idea that anybody supports his candidacy is fucking insane to me. Like. I guess yeah. I guess if you if you support Bloomberg like you're just outing yourself as a goddamn idiot that just likes whatever you saw an advertisement for most recently because there's literally no <laughs> other reason I can understand why you but you'd support this candidate and if you're listening to support Bloomberg please send me some angry tweets write me an angry email because I want to understand you okay because it's just it's fucking wild to me there were a lot of people uh, cheering for him 
and I wondered if he like planted those people somehow. That's entirely possible. I mean, he's like hiring, you know, young thought leaders and influencers to make memes about him and like he's like he's oh my like God. trying to buy an election in all the ways you can possibly buy an election. And the idea that there are that many people out there that are that fucking gullible is so upsetting to me. <laughs> like like I get that not everyone's politically engaged or whatever, but like you just recognize his name and I guess haven't heard enough bad things about all of his stop and frisk policies and his openly racist everything for his entire career in politics that you just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Lenny's licking my face right now. Oh, let's see. That's a little bit of frivolity. It's a little bit of good things in life. <laughs> Can you hear it? <laughs> oh, Andy, having this dog makes me so happy. Yeah. He's a, he's a happy little guy. He's a little ray of sunshine. He really is. He just walked to run around in circles and eat the half, chewed up tennis ball he found at the park we love that little, that's all he that needs little, that little mop head boy he's so great he's so great so great so glad i got a dog uh, anyway fuck oh. michael bloomberg fuck all right that guy. fuck him and uh if you're listening you have else. an obligation to talk to your uh i assume our listeners are roughly our age uh, you'll have an obligation to talk to your family members uh and get your yeah. what i'm assuming are like you know politically disengaged, vaguely liberal uh, parents who live in swing states to not vote for Michael Bloomberg and tell all of their friends at, uh, at their dinner party not to vote for Michael Bloomberg either. Don't do it. God, He's the worst. Guy. Fuck that guy so hard. I hope, I hope his and Mayor Pete's bus uh, just hit each other going opposite directions on the highway and burst into flames. Yeah. But also it's just hey, on have, board. And not I have other exciting news. What's up? Oh my god, there's like, my doggy's eye is so red. Why is your eye so red? What'd you do to it? Um, Probably scritched it. I'm moving! What? Yeah. Where are you moving? Me and Mark got an apartment. Whoa, this is big This is big news, Linda. I know, it's like the second time we're talking about this on the podcast, so I, I don't want to jinx it. I mean, but... look, this podcast has been almost <laughs> two years running now, so uh, that's, yeah. it's very reasonable to have uh, repeat or at least uh, similar big life events going on. <laughs> uh, I don't think saying it on air will jinx it, but that's so exciting. I'm very happy for the two of you. Thank you. Uh, we found a place that has a spare bedroom, so you can come visit. Oh, that's actually great because the number of times I've uh, I've wanted to go to New York and been like, ah, man, if, if Linda just had a spare bedroom, I'd have a place to stay for free. Uh, that's actually if quite only. a bit. only. When, yeah. uh, when are you moving? Uh, in like a month. Okay, roughly speaking, you know, don't opposite. Pretty you don't have to give soon. me too many details. But uh, Hillary and I have to come up at some point to go to some uh, showrooms in New York before we finalize the details of our bathroom renovation. So maybe oh my we'll wait God. for you to move so we can stay in your guest room. And then go Wait. to the Toto showroom and look at all the fancy toilets. That's amazing. You're really going all out for the toilet. I mean, not just the toilet. I'm going all, yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I get so much dread from not doing things the right way. I just, I can't right. do it. So like this process is a lot of work, but it is bringing me some satisfaction to know that like doing my research, going to figure out, I can at least try my hardest to make the best decisions so that even if, you know, things don't turn out exactly as we wanted, we can at least say we tried. Uh, that's that's my whole thing. Yeah. There's a couple a couple items we can't see in person anywhere in the Baltimore DC area, and they're all within a couple blocks of each other in Manhattan, as is New York's that's how it way. Goes. So, gonna go there and do I that. I got so excited when I thought you had the toilet I wanted to buy because I really, <laughs> I mean, 
Like we've talked about so much toilet stuff on this show. There's pretty much <laughs> nobody on the planet. Well, like maybe one other person whose review of a toilet I would trust more than yours. Uh, so I was very excited <laughs> to get your review, but then it turns out you have some other toilet that I'm not interested in. Some other dank ass toilet. I'm sure your toilet's fine, but it's not. It's not what I'm looking at. It's not. It's not. What, it's not number one on my spreadsheet. So uh, yeah, gotta wait for another trustworthy review. Hey, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, I'm, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're okay with it. Because <laughs> I'm moving from this dank ass toilet. Yeah, maybe you'll get a better uh, toilet in the new place you're moving the, to. The toilet in the new place has one of those uh, pole handles on the top. Pole handles, like you, like you just push it down to flush. <laughs> you pull it up. Right, 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 right. It's one of those ones where you actually just like directly pull the uh, the flapper on the inside of the tank. Is it a, yeah. is it an actual super old toilet, or is it uh, designed to look like an old toilet, but it's just actually new? Hard to say because it has like an original uh, claw foot tub. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Toilet looks newer though, so I think it's just like made to look old to match the tub. I see. I see. Well, it sounds like a very nice place, Linda. I'm very excited for you. Now, how much of uh, how much of you and Mark? How confident are you in your and Mark's ability to cohabitate? Pretty confident at this point. We've yeah. been we've, we've been together every single day for some months now, so it feels like we're good at giving each other shit and saying what we need and asking for space. Those are all like really important things. I agree. I agree. And it's taken important. some work. Like, I, I remember talking to you early on when I was, like, going through the how do I get him to leave me alone uh, stages. Mm-hmm. Mostly just tell him to fuck and, right off. Yeah. Hey, could you fuck right off? Thanks. Hey, fuck <laughs> off for a bit. And then, you know, maybe we'll talk again. But And then you're like, love you. Yeah. Well, and I'm very yeah. happy for you. That's so exciting. Yeah. Congratulations thanks. to you and your two hairy boys. <laughs> <laughs> And it's right next to a park, and there's a little backyard for Lenny. Get to save that money. <laughs> yeah, I'll save a little bit of money, but Mark's going to be spending a little bit more. Well, that's what he gets for having a bad apartment. Now he's a better apartment. Yeah. 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 All right, let's answer another question. All right, so another question here. This comes from uh, Justin Graham. Do I know Justin Graham? I feel like I know Justin Graham. He's a friend why. of mine. He asked us a fake question once about Kale. But mm, right. if he asked us a real one, then... Well, he's got a couple we'll questions here. I think he says, quote, I only have fake questions, uh, disappointed emoji face. But I don't know. This one is actually somewhat interesting to me. His question is, was ghosting a thing before being so connected with cell phones? Like if someone just stopped writing you letters, was that called ghosting? Uh, Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and say no. It was definitely not called ghosting. Um, but I think it does bring up an interesting potential topic of conversation just about modern uh text communication the first time i was ghosted it was by my japanese pen pal in the fourth grade damn we sent each each other we sent each other like four or five letters and then i like sent this letter asking all these questions and then i just got nothing back and i remember like just beating myself up like what did i ask i must have said something stupid or i must have offended them and I remember like talking to my mom about it, and then I eventually just like forgot about it. But, uh, but yeah, I guess ghosting was a thing. Here's the thing I'll but admit, uh, which will say something about me. I I really don't think I've ever been ghosted in basically my entire life. 
Well, you haven't had to do the modern dating thing. I mean, I dated. I'm not that old, Linda. <laughs> like, yeah, but like the dating app thing. I did some dating apps too. Uh, not you did for very apps? long, but uh, okay. I, I did experiment with them. Uh, it just was. Uh, it didn't. You know. I mean, actually, I met Hillary on a dating app. Technically speaking. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Um, Never mind. I'm just trying yeah, to make myself feel I th- better. I mean, the closest I get is like, maybe it's, I think it's probably just a matter of like, I mean, if I, I hope it's just a matter of me being a little bit more adult about people setting boundaries and, you know, whatever. Like, uh, for example, I have this woman that I run with occasionally. I met her at my CrossFit gym. And even though I don't go there anymore, we still run on the weekends occasionally. And uh, I had been initiating almost all of our runs. And at some point I was like, I'm just not going to initiate for a while because I don't know, it feels... Like, go see if see if this relationship is actually reciprocal or if she's just, like, running with me because I keep asking her to and maybe she doesn't actually want to or whatever. And a couple of weeks went by without her texting me. Then she texted me today and she wants to run again. So I was like, all right. Oh, good. You know, you, you, you give a little space to figure out where things where things land in your little, like, burgeoning friendship. And then, uh, good- you know. But if she had, did not text me, I wouldn't have said she ghosted me. Like, to me, ghosted is, like, you're texting somebody thirstily and they're not responding to you intentionally. Uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, friendships just evolving and changing uh, doesn't necessarily always have to be ghosting. I think maybe it's an overused well, term. I also don't think that one party is necessarily being thirsty. Like I've heard, I've heard of friends just like going on a couple of dates with someone and then texting them and then just like not hearing from them for like multiple days. And then the person will be like, Oh, sorry, I got uh, busy. Just Make, check my text uh, messages, lol, as if you can possibly yeah. argue that you're not getting them immediately sorry. every time they come in. Sorry, just saw this. You're like, that's bullshit. Um, like, uh, if anyone's listening to this and is like currently or still hasn't experimented with just telling someone the truth, oh my God, just do it. It's so much easier. Like, yeah. and I, And I think that maybe part of it is that people are like, just trying to keep people around just in case they're like, well, maybe, I don't know. I'm not feeling it right now, but I don't want to say no forever. Yeah. There's a lot of that, both romantic relationships and friendships. I think where people are just like the idea of like, you just want, everyone wants everyone to be their friend pretty much, or at least to like them. And then like, you want to be the the driver's seat that gets to say like, you know, what the terms of your friendship and relationship are. And so it's very hard to be like, actually, let me just remove this option from my social circle because then you will be like, Oh, what if I'm alone forever then? Then I only have myself to blame. Yeah. It's a lot easier to be uh, straightforward with romantic interests than friends. Like, can you imagine just being like, uh, no offense, but I don't really want to engage in this friendship anymore. <laughs> I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, I I agree in some ways that it's harder because like there's there's a certain amount of expectations with a romantic relationship that like you'll have to have hard, real conversations and like there is some kind of like evaluation of the relationship happening at all times. Whereas with friendships, people expect them to just kind of like naturally evolve or fall apart or whatever when no one ever really talks about it or at least not very often. So I I agree. I think it's a little harder to be like, you know, this friendship's not really doing it for me right now. So let's check back in later. Yeah, it's hard. hard. I have one thought about modern communication lately, which is that uh, I, our dog walker uses some app. It's like a dog walker service app or whatever that has a messaging system built into it. And this messaging system is just like a regular text message thing, except that it doesn't have the opportunity to like 
respond to a text with just like a little symbol. You know how you can like like yeah. a tweet on Twitter or like an iOS, you can respond with, uh, you know, one of a series of emojis or whatever, like heart a text or thumbs up a text. Uh, and it occurred to me how completely essential I consider that interaction to be to text-based communication. Like, I feel like it almost doesn't work without it because like we get these text messages from the dog walker. It's like, took Sadie for a walk, blah, blah, blah. She was nice, met a dog, sniffed around. Uh, and all I mm. want to do is send the like, you know, emoji of recognition. Like I have seen this and have and recognized its receipt, but it feels completely insane to respond to me like, thank you for your text message, Paul uh, Walker. Yeah. Dog Walker. Uh, I have received and read it. Like, and that's the only, that's really the only option. Like I respond, thank you every single day in the exact same, you know, yeah. punctuation. It just feels wild. I would so, respond uh, like, oh, yay. Thanks. Yeah. That's how I roll. But we do it every single day. Like at yay. Thanks every day. Well, our doggy daycare place, they send stuff via iMessage, so we can just, like, do the oh, passive-aggressive, see, like, that's, thumbs that's up. That's what I want. It's not passive-aggressive. It's, it's, so, I, it's so occasionally useful I'll send to be like, able to be Aw. like, uh, you know, I'm going to respond to this in, like, a, you know... I, 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 was, I first became aware of this on Twitter, right? Which is, like, the like of recognition. Like, someone sends you a tweet or replies to one of your tweets or whatever, and you like it, which basically says, like, I have seen this, I approve of this, but I'm not responding to it, right? Yeah. Uh, like, the, it, the conversation ends here. Um, yeah, like message received. Exactly. And there's just no alternative to that in this particular messaging platform. And I, I find it, like, I find it very, like, paralyzing. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I've had, like, my hand cut off. Like, I no longer know how to <laughs> communicate via text with this human being anymore. Uh, I hear you. Um, Andy. You, yeah? I got to be direct. I go. gotta get off this call and go visit that toilet. Okay, can, can we do uh, real quick? We have a sponsor. Is that okay? Oh yeah. Are you gonna have I, a potty I emergency? <laughs> I forgot to read the sponsor on sponsor. last week's show. It's actually probably good though, because last week's show the audio got all fucked up. Who wants to sponsor a fucked up audio episode? But uh-huh. the episode this week, uh, Linda, is brought to you by my dear childhood friend and neighbor Andrew Goodman. Goodman, Andrew Goodman. out there listening to his podcast. I haven't talked to that guy in probably like I don't know eight years, 10 years. It's like, it's, it's been like since I was in college and was like back home for the holidays and saw him at a party or something. But, uh, but good. Wow. He's salt of the earth guy. I hope he's out there living his life, uh, and doing things good. Thank you for the sponsorship. Much appreciated. My, my buddy. I'm just thinking back to people who lived in like my neighborhood growing up and I would like lose my fucking mind if I saw that they were sponsored my podcast. That's yeah. So he cool. was, he was like right at, we had, you know, I, li- I grew up in the suburbs in like a boring ass cul-de-sac and Andrew Goodman lived in the cul-de-sac across the main road from my cul-de-sac, but our houses were both the ones on the corners. And so, uh, I would be out at night, uh, in elementary school playing basketball. I would always go out right after dinner and like shoot hoops until, until the sun went down. This is my main outdoor activity. And Andrew was a hockey player. And so I would hear him out slapping a stick around and we would always yell at each other over the fence and over the street and be like, What's up, Goodman? How are you doing? He's like, I'm good. We just say <laughs> shit because we were in fifth grade or whatever. But uh, but yeah, that's awesome. Shout out to Goodman. Thanks, dude. Linda, I will keep you no longer from the toilet. I never want to do this. This is uh, I don't want to play this role. So you go do your toilet thing, Thank and you so uh, much. I'll talk to you soon. We got a couple recordings lined up, so we can get caught up a little bit. So uh, we can keep we this can conversation rolling in no time. All right. Talk to you soon. Farewell, dear friend. Bye, Andy. Bye.